Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski. I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Stanley. And today we have with us a very exciting guest. She's kind of making her way around the podcasts. I've seen her on like a bunch of posts on LinkedIn lately. Um, An absolute pleasure to listen to and to know. I got to meet her in Texas a couple of months ago. Um, So I'm very excited to introduce to you guys Liz Saunders. She is the founder of Fluencer Fruit. And we are going to be talking today about how to optimize your Amazon list using video. So let's bring her in. Liz, how are you? I love this subject. (laughs) It's good to meet you both. Good to see you again, Lisa. Rob, I don't know that we've ever like actually had a conversation. We've just been connected on LinkedIn like forever through the Amazon space. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's absolutely great to meet you and talk about one of my favorite subjects. I mean, videos, just anything videos, always, always a great topic. But, uh, you know, when it comes to videos, though, I mean, you, we're already t- one of the things Lisa and I always find out, right? And we always mention is if people don't have videos on their Amazon listing, they are so far behind. Like yeah. it, you're just, you might as well not even put a listing up nowadays. Uh, but you know what? I I do want to know a little bit about like what is your thoughts on videos when people go to get them? What is kind mm-hmm. of what they should be thinking about when they go to put a video on their listing? What's some of the kind of things they should put together. Cause some people might be like, I got this product, but I have no clue what to do for a video. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that's most interesting about video on your product listing is the stats that like Amazon gives us and just kind of the things we know about. So even like putting aside content for a second, right. But like, um, you know, in the back end of seller central, they'll tell you, like, if you add a product video to your listing, it could increase your sales by 9.7% was the number they had back there for a while. And then, like when you combine that and on on my end of like video with shoppable videos within the Amazon influencer program, like you combine that with um, that people want to watch videos more than they want to read texts and that influencer or UGC videos convert better than brand videos. And so actually a lot of the sellers that I work with right now, like I talk to them and I'm like, I hear you on having a great video. Definitely walk through the facts of your products and I know we'll talk about this more, but then like reach out to content creators who are approved for on-site and have them speak to features and use cases and these other things because that UGC, which is what it is, has a better job of communicating that to the end user. Whereas if a brand says it, it just hits different. So I always tell the brands like focus on the actual, like it's made out of this. These are the dimensions. This is what it's, you know, built for. And then let your influencers do the talking about the other pieces. Yeah. Yeah, Especially like for, I, and I'm curious to get your perspective on this. If you find that video, you know, that nine point nine point seven percent you said increases like the possibility of a sale or conversion. I'm wondering, do you find that there's a higher percentage in specific product categories? Because mm-hmm. for me, a video is great for, you know, some like tech things or 
Um, I don't know. I like having being able to see the usability of a lot of different items, mm -hmm. less so like kitchen, but more so tech. But where I love to see and am looking for every single time for UGC is in women's clothing because mm. I, I, you never give me the stats, the stats of the yeah. model. I don't know how tall she is. I don't know what yeah. she weighs. I, you know, and when I see a woman on there, I am X weight, X height, X bust size, whatever. I'm like, Oh, this you, we are built the same. I, I will <laughs> buy this. Like, do you find any category benefits more from having that UGC or influencer content than others? Mm. So the stat that I named is actually Amazon's. So I just want to call that out first. That's what they say. Um, with the influencer stuff, we see some stuff around like conversion and those sorts of things. But to answer your question directly, um, I find more price point and like use case questions impact it more than category. So for example, okay. like I have an under the desk treadmill. It's a $300 product, right? Yep. But when people are looking at those walking pads under the desk treadmills, they have a lot of questions. And so they tend to watch a lot of content around it. Whereas if they're just buying a power strip for $20, they don't have as many questions. So I find like the higher price points and the things that people are really thinking about. I talk a lot about my shade tent in my backyard, right? Like, uh, it kind of overlaps the fashion use case. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I'm five foot four. This is how I can put this tent up and take it down by myself in under two minutes, right? Like those sorts of things where it's like, can I do this? Do I need this? How does it work? Those types of questions. And, you know, it works at all price points, but really you get over that hundred dollar mark. And that's where people are stopping to think before they hit that buy button. Right. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I actually bought one of those under desk treadmills a couple of months ago and I went, I researched a ton of them, even my, mm -hmm. my standing rising desk. I was like, yep. okay, how many programs can you have with the, yeah. the um, under desk treadmill? I was like, what are the increments of speed? What's the weight limit? What's like, does it have wheels? Cause I want to be able to move it. Move it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, Okay, awesome. So, but when we're talking about these these influencers and folks that you can get the UGC video from, where do you find them? I'm kind of like leading into to something here, but like, where can you find these people? Yeah. So honestly, like if you look at your product listing, there's a possibility that they're already there, right? Or if you look at some of your competitors, if you're just launching some of those things. But next to a lot of people don't know that the Amazon Influencer Program exists and that we can create content that lives on product listings. But if you're looking through videos in the upper carousel is the easiest place to find us and under related videos, if you click on them and it says earns commission next to their name, those are Amazon influencers and Amazon has specifically approved them to create content that lives on the Amazon platform. Okay. So the yeah. next natural question, what is the Amazon influencer program? How long has it been around? Like give us the basics. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my favorite things is like, I've been in the Amazon space since like early 2016 and the number of like different programs and everything else, like we always have new cool stuff happening. And so that's part of why I love the influencer program, but it's been around for just over two years. And when Amazon launched it, it was an, it is still an extension of the associates or the affiliates program, but it was a way for associates to have a storefront where they could drive traffic. But then, I mean, that was in like 2017. So that portion of it, 
but they launched this on-site shoppable content a little over two years ago. That's when that part happened. Started in beta and then they launched it like holistically. And the program is actually, you know, when they named it in 2017 or whatever, Amazon Influencer made a lot of sense. Now it creates a little bit of confusion because it's a little bit of a misnomer. When you think about influencer, of course, the first thing that comes to all of our minds is TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, driving traffic, that associate relationship. They're an influencer on a platform. But specifically in the Amazon ecosystem, the Amazon influencers are content creators. They have a following somewhere to get into the program, but they very specifically are approved to create content that can live on Amazon, including Amazon Live shoppable videos, shoppable photos, like they're all different types of shoppable content that we can create specifically for listings on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Liz, just so everybody understands a little bit, uh, explain to everybody a little bit the difference between this influencer program mm. and, and what people might maybe might think is an affiliate program. Like just kind of explain what the difference is for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So the affiliate or the associates program, they have an Instagram, a TikTok, YouTube, name your platform, and they're pushing traffic from their audience that they've built to a product listing or a page on Amazon, right? They're that offsite traffic driving it on. The influencers focus on that on-site content. And as a result of that, they are not driving traffic to a product listing. You're finding them in the course of your shopping. So when you're looking at that under the desk treadmill, you're looking through those videos and you're finding Amazon influencers on site talking about a product listing. And just kind of like for knowledge, this part is probably like less pertinent here, but the affiliates for driving traffic, they get a 24 hour cookie of everything you put in your cart. So if you're on Instagram, you move over, that person gets a 24-hour cookie for sending you unless they click on somebody else's link after that, right? Mm. The influencer, because we're not driving traffic, makes a commission off of one item. So like mm. when people find my video on that under the desk treadmill, if they buy that treadmill after watching Amazon says after engaging with my content. So after watching my video and then they buy that treadmill, I get a commission on that one item, not the entirety of their cart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and then this feels, cause for me as a seller, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have a, an influencer and affiliate making my content, I kind of want to know how they got there. And I think just by nature, a lot of people are curious of like, how do you get into the Amazon influencer program? Cause it feels a little to me, it feels a little chicken and egg, right? Like you have to have an audience before you can start driving the the content to Amazon, but you have to have something to be able to drive people to Amazon with. Like, so can, like walk us through the influencer side of it too, before we talk about how the sellers can use the influencers. Yeah, absolutely. So Amazon, um, I think basically they were looking around and they were like, we want on-site video. And they were like, who do we have? We have this group of people who are already creating content. Let's lean into them, right? And so in order to get into the influencer program, um, a content creator has to have an audience on one of four platforms, Facebook or Instagram, and those have to be a business account. So it can't just be like your personal Facebook. Um, and then YouTube and TikTok. If anybody's interested in this, TikTok is the easiest way to get approved right now, like for that on-site placement. Um, but so you have to have a following. Now, the next question that we always get is, but how many people, how many 
how many in your following do you have to have? And Amazon in a brilliant move has not told us like, and I mean that sincerely because they just say you have to have a meaningful or an audience on one of these platforms with meaningful engagement. And so while it's frustrating for people, cause it's not like 500, a thousand on eight, you know, broken down by platform, it does help hopefully prevent people from trying to like just game the system because people will be declined from the program with a hundred thousand, you know, Facebook profile followers. And then somebody with 125 TikTok followers will get approved because their engagement mm. numbers are so much better. Mm. You know, TikTok is built for engagement. It just is. So it's interesting because it gives Amazon the ability to control the content and people coming into the program without giving specifics. It's yeah. interesting. Mm. Okay. Absolutely. Liz, I have a, I have a quick question because I'm kind of curious on this. Like, and I know you addressed this a little bit, but I'd like to talk about this a little more from a seller's point of view. Is this Amazon influencer program mm -hmm. like right for every, I don't want to say seller, every product out there? Because you kind of mentioned like a power strip, yeah. but unless that power strip's really unique, I mean, do should they really be paying somebody to hold up and plug in a, you know, so yeah. help us out a little, maybe either on product or category, what seems to work best, which you, you know, kind of mentioned, but uh, mm -hmm. let, let's talk about that a little bit. So, people understand maybe is this the right program for their product or not? Absolutely. So Amazon's stated purpose for the program is to help buyers make more confident buying decisions, right? And so if you take that, if you are driving, this is kind of like where I draw the line because it's not necessarily category or price point per se, but if you're driving traffic and people are not converting you don't have like, they're not making confident buying decisions, right? So I would say that really the line is like, if you get returns and people always complain about something that you know, they just don't understand how to use the product, or you have FAQs that people ask all the time that, you know, UGC Amazon influencers can speak to those sorts of things. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of like, I've done videos on like essential oils that sell like 70, 80, 90,000 a month. To be honest, I don't sell a ton. Like I don't get a ton of commission off of those, right? Because even though I've got great placement on the product listing page, a lot of people, when they're coming to look at essential oils, they already know what they're looking for. It's a low price point yeah. under $20, right? So to your point about the power strip, it's a great example, right? Because how many people watch a video? before they yeah. buy a power strip, right? And if you can't selling... smell through the through video anyway. So exactly. I'm like, this essential oil smells amazing. <laughs> it it's a hint of blueberry. Oh, look, it's yeah. it's blueberry. <laughs> exactly. Or vanilla. Yeah. There are some of those and you can't make medical claims. So going back to the essential oils, I can't be like, and this helps fill in the blank claim, right? You can't make those. So there are some where you're going to be like, this is probably, I wouldn't encourage you to like go invest. If you find influencers that want to work with you organically, for sure, it's always beneficial. But if you're like, oh, I'm doing fine on conversion, I've got a low price point, uh, something that people like wash, rinse, repeat, buy. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. your results are probably going to be skewed from somebody who has a product that needs more explanation, that's a little bit higher price point, that maybe they're building a market instead of just like, I'm the eighth person to do this generic garlic press or fill in the blank yeah. of, you know, all of our 
all of our loved Amazon selling <laughs> items. So, yeah. so Liz, you brought up, brought up kind of an interesting point. If somebody's selling something that, uh, let's say it's a monthly subscription to essential oils, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, mm -hmm. or as a seller, am I only paying that influencer for that first sale? And mm. then I get to keep everything after that, or do is the influencer get to collect every time uh, the monthly subscription comes up, so to speak? That's a great question. Actually, Amazon doesn't tell us specifically, mm. um, but I think it's what's the your one best guess? Time. I think it's the yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, because once I've convinced you to buy it, it's it's that's where they want to like You're pay kind me. Of, yeah, yeah. So that kind of makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like that. that does make sense. Good question though, Rob. Uh, you guys, we're yeah. going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, but we are going to be right back with Liz in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. All right, you guys, be sure to head over to gatita.com forward slash sellernomics for the first 400 in FBA reimbursements free. We are back with Liz Saunders. Yeah, that was an awesome question, Rob. That's something that I actually never really considered. But what, what is still kind of unclear to me is where is the money coming from that the mm -hmm. seller, or I'm sorry, that the influencer is receiving for the sale of that? Like, do I as the seller have to build that into my pricing or does Amazon, I mean, Amazon wouldn't like front it because they're getting trapped. How, how does that work? Like, how are they getting <laughs> <does> it work? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a great question. So actually it's not an additional cost to the seller. It comes out of, I assume where they're pulling it from is the referral fee that every seller pays for every transaction regardless, right? It's what is it like 15%. And, um, so or more, or more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so much. But um, so the influencers make one to four percent commission off of a sale. And so if you think about if the seller is paying 15 percent, even if an affiliate and an influencer, Amazon is just paying that out of that amount because um, affiliate commissions run like three to eight percent or something. I can't remember, but a um, influencer is one to four. So it all fits into that referral fee. So if you have Amazon influencers who are creating content and they are showing up on your product listing, it's no additional cost to you, the seller. It's just a benefit, basically. Okay. Yeah. It, Liz, a, a question for you, because I've seen some of those videos, right? Both Lisa and I, and probably yourself, we all shop on Amazon. <laughs> I've noticed times where somebody will do a video on it, but mm -hmm. they don't physically have the product. They'll be like, oh, this product here, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, they claim that they actually got it. So, sure. you know, is there any control on that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when somebody comes to do a video, can I offer them? Am I in a, any situation that could offer them the product to make sure they're doing an actual, you know, video on the product itself? Yeah. Versus just a video to have a video on there, right? To make money. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a pure win for the influencer, right? Cause they don't, they're not holding the product. They haven't invested. They haven't worked with the brand. There's no like, so that's actually against terms of service from the Amazon influencer program. So mm -hmm. if you see that and it's specifically, if it's on your listing, I would probably flag them honestly, because mm -hmm. they're not supposed to do that even with, so for shoppable videos, you're supposed to be like holding the product. 
that's just, you know, um, shoppable photos. It's supposed to be a photo of yours, not like off the shelf. Amazon just sent new do's and don'ts to the influencers this week. They're like, do hold the product, <laughs> you know, use it. Um, so, uh, but for lives is the one like exception to this rule. And I can't remember what the exact percentage is, but it's like, if you're doing an Amazon live stream, you have to have 75 or 80% of the products on hand. Mm -hmm. So you can have some like video or like, this is a use case mm -hmm. where I would also use this thing that I have tagged with what I'm holding, but you're supposed to have like, I think it's 80% of the products on hand that you're talking about, like in the video. So that's the one piece. They shouldn't be doing that. And as we all know, you can get away with that for like a little bit of time on Amazon, but at some point, Amazon's going to come through and just sweep that and they'll get rid of everybody. They'll take some of us down that didn't do it, even though like, you know, in part of those sweeps. Um, so I think that's probably short lived. We've seen some other kind of like black hat tactics where people have already been banned from the influencer program for doing different things where it's like they were just making money hand over fist, right? Like we've mm -hmm. all seen that in the seller space, but they were cheating and Amazon catches them and then they just shut your account down. <laughs> that's, that's the end of that. Um, is, it, is there any terms of service violation that if I did a video, let's say I'm an influencer, I do a mm -hmm. video for somebody could I go out and still promote it also like on different channels for them and, yep. you know, besides on Amazon? I mean, because yep. that kind of helps them, but it helps me. Right. So, yeah. And okay. that's actually Amazon's ideal, I believe, is okay. people who are doing both. It's it's hard because people who do really well on offsite sometimes struggle with onsite and vice versa. There are people that do both really well. But if you think about the type of content you're creating, like if I'm speaking to my audience on Instagram about whatever fitness thing that I'm doing this week, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, this wrist wrap, fill in the blank, like head over to Amazon, like driving traffic is much different of a like conversation than like if you find me on the product listing. And I'm like, this wrist wrap has Velcro and I use it this way and it helps me with this or whatever. Like, so there are people that do well, both, but, and people that post the same content across both like types of channels, it just tends to be a little bit, I think a little awkward on one or the other. Yeah. Is, is that allowed? Like if I did that mm -hmm. video for Amazon, I can repost that same exact video on my, oh, okay. I kind of, that, that kind of was yep. going to be a question on where this content lived, but mm -hmm. it sounds like it lives wherever the influencer decides to put it basically after Amazon. So, yep. okay. Yep. That's an interesting one. All right. Yeah. Content creators own the copyright and Amazon says you are not required to post it anywhere else, but you are allowed to post it anywhere else. Mm, okay. Make some extra I mean money. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and they want all that offsite traffic to Amazon. Exactly. So, so, I mean, this is, you know, kind of the topic of the video today was how to optimize your listing with mm -hmm. video or the topic of the episode, I should say. So, obviously leveraging the influencers. What can you do as the product owner, as the seller when you're mm -hmm. working with influencers to set them up for success to make the best video possible? Mm, absolutely. So the first thing, and this is whether you're working proactively with influencers or if you want to organically attract influencers to your product listing, right? Because a lot of products, they've not worked with the influencers. And they have great content that content creators have just been like, we like your product. Let's go create content. But the number one thing that you can do within this like portion of the program for success is be brand registered and upload a product video. 
Um, and the reason for that is in the upper portion of the main image carousel, when you have that product video, it creates that pop-up carousel, that upper video carousel on a product listing. And that's where we see the most tangible results in the Amazon influencer space. And it's what helps the sellers the most as well, right? Because it's above the fold. People see it first. It's easy to access. You can get to people before they're scrolling down to your written reviews, you know, all of those things because it's right up top. So that's the first thing is upload that product video. And that's whether you're organically or proactively working with influencers. But the second thing is to, if you have multiple listings, especially in the same niche, if you find an influencer who's been creating content for you, reach out to them. Like you can click on their name on their storefront, Amazon lets us link to our other social profiles. So you could find them on Instagram, let's say, and message them there and say, hey, I saw you created a video for my product listing. I really liked it. I'd love to send you some product. Would you consider doing some content for my other product listings, right? And so that's a way to like develop those conversations. And influencers have different price sheets. You know, they have different ways that they work with sellers and those sorts of things. But if you find somebody that you know, a good way to kind of like multiply on that is to reach out to them and work with them directly. Yeah. And what would you say are some best practices? You know, we've kind of touched on this topic before with some some other influencing experts, Gracie Ryback, namely. Um, but she she kind of works in a different way on Amazon. She does a lot of the deals. She's largely on Instagram. But when you're talking about reaching out to the influencers, you know, you found their storefront, you hit them up on IG. What are your best practice recommendations for starting that conversation? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things, because everybody in this program gets three to 10 messages a day from agents who are repping hundreds of brands with thousands of ASINs. And so I think probably the biggest thing that you can do as the actual brand owner or somebody who works with the brand directly and specifically is set yourself apart from those conversations. And by that, I mean, the agents have a transactional interaction with the influencers. They're like, we want to give you this. We want to pay you $20. We want you to do it in seven days. They have 78 requirements for the videos, right? Like it's this very, they get a per video fee commission on their own for getting that content created, right? So introducing yourself as hey, I saw your video on my listing. I own this brand. I would love to work with you, right? Honestly, just being human and relational yeah. in it is the best way to break the ice in that and and show that you did actually watch their stuff right like we all get stuff even if you're not like creating content where it's like i've been following you for seven years and you're like i haven't been on instagram for seven years oh. what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah I, I get those emails all the time about yeah. our podcasts i yeah. get oh yeah. i've been following you since the beginning of prime talk and da 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 i was like Prime Talk started before I was here. Same yeah. with Colornomics. Yeah. Like I, I get them all the time. I'm like, come yeah. on, bro. Like do at least like a little bit of research. Yeah. It's that yeah. cursory yeah. knowledge. It's just yeah. and being human is like my best tip. And it will probably get you like way farther because the influencers get a lot of spammy stuff and people and, you know, especially as people get started, they're really excited about like, oh, somebody offered to send me a product for free and five of those deals in they're so burnt. They're like, I never want to do this again. Like there's just nothing in it. So I would say it's like anytime you pitch, right? You want to focus on what's in it for the other person. I'll probably yeah. start there. 
the value. You want to show how you're going to provide value. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, quick tip. I don't sell on Amazon. Haven't sold on Amazon since 2018. So if you mess with me on LinkedIn, don't say, hey, I see you're a current seller. Cause that's yeah. going to be the first thing that's alerting me. But yeah, yeah they're, I mean, they're so spammy, right? Like, like me, if I'm in, I always like to use the uh, camping niche, right? If mm -hmm. I was in the camping niche, I would be looking for people that are making content that are influencers in that niche, because that's probably going to also be where people are going to go and like basically follow yep. them, right? They're going to follow, mm -hmm. they're going to have an audience that I want to sell my camping stove to, right? So, you know, go find those people, do a little research, find out who they are. You, you'll get better results that way. I mean, that's just, I don't know. To me, that's a basics 101 right there. So yeah. <laughs> it's surprising how many people miss it though. Cause we all had like immediate examples of people who have like recently messaged us with like, just totally off. Nonsense. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's so really. much, I, I feel like there's so many, people out there want to represent, it's like pay, playing pin the tail on the donkey in the dark, right? Like they're just throwing darts out there just to see who yeah. will stick versus, you know, if you, and when you hire these companies, you got to be aware of this because they're probably representing so many other people. They're just throwing darts everywhere, right? Whereas mm -hmm. if you go out and find them yourself and, or use one of these companies, but say, here is the group or here's some people I'm looking to get, maybe they have a better connection with them or they already know them mm -hmm. and done work with them. You're going to have way better results and, and your money's going to go a lot further too. So yes. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yep. So absolutely. Well, Liz, All right, Lisa. I was going to say, I, I was, I, I think we can transition to fluencer fruit now, unless you had one more question, Rob. Yeah. No, you were going nope, to the same no, place. No, I wanted to transition okay. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to hear so more about this. I know I do too. This has always been a very exciting conversation for me. Cause again, I love Liz and I love what you do. And I, I think it's just so, it's so fun. Right. And so topical for everything going on right now. So yeah. tell us about Fluencer Fruit, how you work, who you work with, who you can help all of that. Absolutely. So I'll start with the part that may be less interesting to the sellers. Although a lot of Amazon hustlers like do everything in the ecosystem, right? They're in KDP, they do affiliate. So, but I have a software tool that if you're in the Amazon influencer program helps with product research and video placement management and some of those sorts of things. So that's one side of what I do. But the side for sellers specifically is I have an agency where I help sellers proactively work with Amazon influencers. And I, I joke that I'm like the white glove service. It's like, Every time I do a call with a seller, they're like, we've worked with influencers, but they went on vacation and they forgot to do our stuff. And then they didn't really perform and we had to chase them down. And it was all this work. And I'm like, I have vetted influencers that will not do that to you. And I will follow up with them, you know? And so I'm like the white glove version. It's like, Liz, we have a camping product. We're looking for people that fall into this demographic. We'd like for at least two of the videos to have kids and family in it, whatever the case is. And I have a group of like 200 influencers that I work with who are vetted. They're high quality. I know that they're not going to ghost any of us. And if they do, I will find a different influencer, you know, on your behalf. So on the agency side, I just help sellers do that proactively. And I just charge a flat fee per video. Um, there are actually other agencies in the space that will do it for that ongoing commission piece. But just my personality, I like to pay one time and not have like an ongoing thing. So that's the way I set mine up is because I was like, I'm my target audience right now. Yeah, no, I, I love Very that. Nice. And then on the influencer side of it too, do you also help with the mentorship and getting people mm -hmm. up and running or do they have to be existing 
or established, I guess, influencers before kind of coming to you? Great question. I actually have a group where we run from like, you have no social media following to approval to on-site approval all the way to monetization. And so I, I really just like, honestly, I'm like the a continual Amazon nerd, right? Like I just like learning all the things. And the Amazon influencer program has been so interesting in the last two years to spend like a lot of time digging into it. And so I do all of the things within that like kind of space. Yeah. And and I'm curious, just as you're saying, it's it's ever changing and, and you're always mm-hmm. learning. Um, kind of not about fluence or fruit, but you just spark something. With TikTok shop getting as big mm-hmm. as it is, it, it do you find that's going to be beneficial to Amazon sellers or is that, I mean, does that kind of compete and what do you see for the future of the influencer program? So influencers specifically from the seller side, I think there's always an opportunity to add a different place that you're selling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so on that side of things, I think definitely like it's a cool opportunity, especially the way that they do working with influencers in that ecosystem and you can drive ads to you know, influencer content. There's a couple cool things happening in TikTok shop right now. From the influencer side of things, I it's part of my like conspiracy theory about like why people get approved so much easier with TikTok than any other social media following is because in order to get approved for monetization on TikTok, I think you have to have one to 5,000 followers. I can't remember the exact number right now. One to 5,000. It's somewhere in there. (laughs) You can tell that I don't, TikTok is not where I spend all my time, right? (laughs) Um, But if you can get, as Amazon, if you can get those content creators over to Amazon Influencer up and monetizing faster, you have the opportunity to pull them into the Amazon ecosystem first and pull them away from like building enough of an audience to monetize on TikTok. So I think it's a great opportunity on the influencer side, on the seller side, you know, they're at the point right now where I don't know how many years you would put them behind Amazon selling, right? Like when they launched in beta, it was buggy. People were having issues printing, like uh, shipping tickets, like all of that stuff, but they've obviously recovered very quickly and they're growing. But I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're like losing money, giving people money to spend on TikTok shop and that a lot of it is drop shipping, right? From like AliExpress products. So it's, it's different. It's just a different ecosystem. I think it's a, it's an opportunity if you have an audience as a seller and you can build, but I I still think it's different in way of like what you can buy there. Gotcha. Gotcha. But for Fluencer Fruit specifically to pivot back, where can folks learn more, get in contact with you? Is there anybody who's really like a best fit client Mm. on the agency side to work with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. If you have been, I think it's really the people who are like, listen, we are already driving a ton of traffic to this listing. Like we don't want to do any more of that type of ad stuff where we can help is we're like that help optimize your product listing with what you already have. And we have traffic to help you convert more traffic basically. So that's a great fit. The other one in this one is one where like, I'm just going to give you my theory on watching things is when you're launching a product and we're working on some case studies to back this with the data. It's obviously new working across the file here. But if you think about like from 2016 when they killed incentivized written reviews until now and you watch what Amazon has done, 
they just keep trying to move that like um, user information and review stuff in-house, right? So you can't incentivize, got it. You can't do rebates, got it. You can't like all these things. And so they started the Vine program, but you can't talk to Vine reviewers and you can't, if they get it wrong, you can't have them fix it, right? And so like when I look around, I think influencer videos become the new written review in the next 12 to 24 months because you've got user-generated content that converts better than written reviews anyways, mm -hmm. and it lives at the top of the listing. So I think if you're launching, you know, you've, you've a brand registered, you've got all your A plus content. This is the other area that Amazon gives you the ability to create content for that converts shoppers early and often. And yeah. so if somebody's interested in working with you, if either on the influencer side or the agency side or want to see the software, uh, where can they get in touch? Absolutely. So from the software side, I'm hello at fluencerfruit.com. Um, that's anybody. I just if you want to email me and you have questions, feel free. <laughs> from the seller side specifically, fluencerfruitconnect.com slash sellers will walk you through kind of like the process of getting an appointment and walking through. We'll do an audit on your product listing to see like where you're at in way of like organically attracting influencers. Um, and actually, since you mentioned the software, if you just drop the sellers off of that and it's fluencerfruitconnect.com, it will walk you through the software as well. Perfect. Perfect. And for the audio listeners, that's fluencer. It's like influencer without the in. So yeah. fluencer fruit spelt like the fruit.com or, uh, or that's hello at fluencerfruit.com, fluencerfruitconnect.com. If you want to reach out about the seller side, just tack on a slash sellers on that. Yep. Amazing. Liz, thank you so much for your time today. Like I said, I know that you've really been hitting the uh, the podcast train lately. So we're very excited and honored to have you on the show with us. It's been a delight. And like I said, I'm really excited about what you do. And um, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be able to benefit from this. Thanks. I appreciate it. I got to mention one thing, yeah. Lisa. So I actually heard about Liz's company from Kevin King at an event oh. because he mentioned, and she didn't mention this on the show, but there's also a downloadable extension mm. for Chrome. So you got to tell us just a little bit about that real quick, because I want to make sure everybody knows about that and what it does and how it can help them. Yeah. The Chrome extension is the software and it helps with product research. So I'm a firm believer that no matter what you do in the Amazon ecosystem, retail arbitrage, three, you know, third-party private label selling, KDP, merch, you fill in the blank that it comes down to product research and doing it well. Right. And so I built a tool that helps content creators in the Amazon influencer program do product research on search pages, on bestseller pages, on all of these different spots. Um, cause it's, it's like jungle scout, but for influencers. Right. And so yep. then there's also, instead of seller central, we have associates central and creator hub. And so there's also functionality built out there to help people track where they're placed and download their stats, which Amazon doesn't let us do. So that's the extension. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. Got to give a plug for that extension. I remember hearing about that quite a while back. You've been definitely been around for a while doing this. So very yep. cool that I, I got to actually meet you. Well, thank you so much. Go ahead, Lisa. Sorry. No, I was just going to say thanks to Liz. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's yeah, my pleasure. You. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. And thank you so much for everybody who tuned in today. If you guys liked what you heard, please be sure to give us a thumbs up, share your thoughts with us in the comments, subscribe to the show, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics Podcast.
Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.